mic. Oh, well, hello. Hi. Welcome to your favorite thing to do on a Tuesday. That's Get Wood. That's right. Hi, I'm Jess Wood. I'm your friend, your pal, your magical creature lady, your mermaid, your fairy, your fae, your delightful friend. Hello and welcome. What a day, what a week, what a lot to get through today, huh, kids? Let's start it up, shall we? Yeah, I was a little late today. Again, I, uh, I'm dealing with some stuff that's going on in and around this apartment. And what I will start with is telling you, the kids are back. The kids are back in school and my park, which used to be just a normal fucking dog park with people and their dogs and some people jogging the track. Now, now it's filled with children. The children are back. The children are, are schooling again. And uh, they look like little soldiers outside. I mean, they're, they're arm length distance, you know. I remember when we had to do arm length distance apart, like when you had to do a, some sort of gym class or something, and you would, like PE, and you'd put your arm lengths apart. But now these poor kids are just walking around arm lengths apart like fucking scared little soldiers, little babies. Uh, I'm glad my mom doesn't live here because my mom hates kids. That's right, folks. I'm an only child. And, uh, yeah, that's for real, for real. That's real talk. A hundred percent. My mom hates children. She always did. She always will. She hates kids. My mom, when, when I found out I was pregnant for the first time at 15, my mom drove me to my abortion. She looked at me and she gave me that talk that every mom wants to give a kid. Oh God, Jesse, kids, they ruin your life. Step on it, Mom. We got to get this shit out of here. And since then, I'm very pro-choice. Anybody want to meet me at the PP on Friday and fucking yell at those goddamn prayers? Listen, I was in my friend's car on Friday. Yeah, I know I said, listen, I am aware. I was in my friend's car on Friday. We were driving down San Mateo past the Planned Parenthood. What did I see? A bunch of bodies leant over in a prayer position. And I, I just felt like running out of the car, walking up to them and kicking them in the ass. Do you know what I mean? Just flat out fucking kicking them in the goddamn ass. Get your goddamn prayer hands off my uterus, bro. You know what I'm saying? So instead, I just rolled down the window. I was like, you fucking dicks, you dicks, beat it, you fucking assholes. Like, okay. Who's that lady yelling out of the car? Oh, that's Jess Wood. Welcome to Albuquerque, Jess. Thanks. Good to be here. I had a lot of attention on Easter Sunday. It was quite a day for me. I packed up a bunch of donations to go out to the thrift shops amongst the uh, neighborhood here. And I rolled my cart. That's right. I have a cart. Some people are jealous. Some people are making fun. Anyways, I have a cart because I don't have a car, so I don't want to drag all the shit back on my back like a goddamn pack mule. So there I was with my cart packed up with my donations. I was carrying a parasol. I'm just going to give you the, uh, just give you the picture. Okay. I had a lovely parasol on, uh, that I was twirling from, you know, keeping hidden from the sun, this very pale, pale face. And, uh, I'm walking with my parasol. I'm walking with my cart. I've got some sort of strange outfit on as usual. I'm a little bit strange. And wouldn't you know, I got some male attention, a lot of male attention. Now I am near the blade, which uh, my friend Bareface told me, I live near where the hookers walk. But do they walk at noon and with a cart? I just, I, I want to know. So I got a lot of love 
on um, on Easter Sunday, and I was thinking, I guess the Lord isn't the only thing that's rising today. <laughs> that's right, I'm talking about dicks. Um, oh, I love talking dicks. Talking dicks, talking dicks. Did you see that I pushed my hair forward today instead of having it up and back? I feel like I'm really going for like a, uh, I don't know, something different. Anyway, I was listening to a bunch of music to get ready. I always listen to music to get hyped up. Now, I thought I saw Zach there in the, what's up, Zach, in the in the chat. And I know, Zach, you got to do this because you're a music fucking, you're a b-boy. But anyway, I put on some fucking music. I'm dancing around my house. I'm like, yeah. And I don't know what's going to come on next on the YouTubes. Because <laughs> I just programmed a couple of songs on the YouTube. And so all of a sudden, what comes on? White Zombie, 1960. Five, yeah, ow! And let me tell you something. That song is a special place in my heart for uh, because he uses he uses lines from a movie called Yo Zach. He uses lines from a movie called uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. If you haven't seen this Russ Meyer movie, first of all, if you're into tits, which I know you are if you're here, come on. There's always a little cleavage to, to check out here. It's jokes and cleavage. What more could you ask for, for Christ's sakes? 1965, yeah, ow. So Tura Santana was the woman who starred in the Russ Meyer film, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Now it's way before my time. It's way before your time. But fucking search it out and look at it. It's a black and white movie about chicks who drive fast cars with big titties and beat up dudes if they're not good to them. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like when did we lose that? When did we lose that broad to make us like, that's my hero. Kim Kardashian can suck a dick. I mean, I know she can. All the sisters are very skilled, I'm sure. But you know what I mean? Give me someone like Tora Santana. Oh, <laughs> hey, let's leave it like that. That's kind of that's kind of sexy. Listen, I was talking about titties, and then the red light came on. Well, you know what? It's Amsterdam now, fuckers. We're now in Amsterdam. So there's a lyric in the song. It's not a lyric. It's a line from the movie where she goes, I never try anything. I just do it. You want to try me? Fuck it! Can I just applaud her again? May I applaud Tora Santana again? Also, she gets a theme song. So every time she walks on screen, the fucking music goes, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Sonny! Uh, when she walked on screen, every time she came on the screen, that's what I'm talking about. Can I get a fucking theme song real quick, please? Can I get an intro you know if you just showed up like hey what's up y'all <laughs> yeah 1965 yeah so i was really on that uh kind of like tip you know like getting all excited fucking getting psyched to do the show talk to you guys about when i went and got my cans crushed this week that's right ladies if you're over 40 you gotta get your cans crushed Get them in there, get them in that machine and fuck do it up. And I, this is not the first crushing I've had. I know I'm kind of giving it all away, but I don't care. We got to talk about this shit. This is like some weird shit. Okay. First of all, not covered by insurance. What the fuck? So if your titty looks bad, then you got to go back and get some titty work and you fucking, you got to pay out of pocket. What kind of, you can't afford to pay for titties out of pocket. So I go to the breast imaging center 
and the lady who's doing everybody that checked me in they were cool but the lady that's doing the actual crushing of the cans she as soon as i take off the shirt she's like oh you have tattoos bitch this is albuquerque everybody has tattoos okay this is not your first chest tattoo trust how could that be who are these people Anyway, I didn't like the shame in her voice. I didn't like that shit at all. But she was kind of out of it. Let me just tell you right now. She was out of it because I told her all my information when I walked in that I had had one before and it was in L.A. and all the information. She goes, so this is your first mammogram? No, bitch. I just gave you all the fucking information. Are you a doctor? Can you please listen to me when I'm telling you? It is just insanity. Shaming on the tats. Not listening to me with the goddamn... Yes, Jess, exactly. What? Get out of here with your shaming. I mean, I remember when I went to the gynecologist one time in L.A., long time ago, long time ago, I guess before tattoos were kind of like as trendy as they are now, and I got on the, you know, I was on the little gurney or whatever, my feet in the stirrups, and the gyno comes in, and she looks at my body, and she goes, oh, you have a lot of tattoos. Have you had an AIDS test yet? Bitch, what in the fuck? First of all, every if you're in the medical industry, calm down. Be kind to your goddamn patients. That's what I have to say. Be kind. Rewind. Stop it. So I got ye old cans crushed. And I don't mind it, man. I say to the younger girls who are watching this, go, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Get in there and mush them up. Just keep yourself healthy. That's all. It's part of the self, self-care rituals that we want to do here. Hey, Rich is Funny just joined. Rich is Funny. If you are not following Rich is Funny, you're not getting to see funny shit. The guy dances in unitards a lot. He has a couple tutus. I don't know where from. I don't ask. I just watch and I giggle. So go. Get them. Um, what else? Oh, God. So the breast thing. And guess what? Good news. Boobs are healthy. Yeah. And I, and I love that they're healthy. You know, I touch them all the time. So I would know if something was awry. And I, get, I, I recommend touching them a lot yourself or if you have a partner, have your partner touch them. Ah, the fun and touching breasts. Yeah. Plus, we, we don't get t- taken care of in our government, so we have to take care of each other. And that's why we're here. Thank you. Ah, thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me today. Speaking of partners or not having a partner, I believe I bought the loneliest household item that one could ever buy this week. I, I purchased, well, you would have thought, what is it, Jessica? Is it a, is it a dildo? No, dildos are, are common. We all, everyone has a, please, you're, you have a partner, you probably have a vibrator or a dildo, but no, was it a, a TV dinner? Like that seems like the lonely man's type of dinner. No, it wasn't that either. Well, what was it, Jess? What was it? I'll tell you what it was. A back loofah for the shower. That's right. Scrubbing your back by yourself in the shower has to be the loneliest business in the fucking world. I mean, what could be as lonely as scrubbing your own back, as, as, as having to wash your own back. Is that, is that spoiled of me? I did used to make my dudes rub my back and scrub my back and fucking deal with my back. How, who else is going to deal with it? I'm up against walls, fucking itching that shit up against a wall, a corner. I'm trying to find good corners to itch my shit. Come on. That's just lonesome. That's lonesome dove shit. So it's, it's a lot to, to look at. You know, you go, okay, all right. So I'm, I, I got it. making a puzzle. Also, well, 
excuse me, Jess, but you could see there are five puzzles behind me that I've made. That is not the loneliest. <laughs> a puzzle is maybe the loneliest thing that you can think of. I, I think the back scrubber, um, because a puzzle, you can get a small puzzle and it's like a, like a, like a personal pizza. And you know, <laughs> you had one for years. Oh girl. Whoops. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you think, let me ask you guys something. Let me ask you something. Do you think that your, okay, or maybe phrase it differently. Does your sex toy go in a drawer? Does, you can, you can tell me here. We, we won't, you know, I won't, uh, I mean, you'll be public, but do you have, okay, do you have a sex toy? Is it in the drawer? I will tell you right now, yes and yes. Of course. Where else would you put it? In the window? On the windowsill, perhaps? For your neighbors to, well, I have a neighbor. He has a butt plug. It's in the window. Butt plug. Put the butt plug in the window. Um, under your bed, easy access. Very good. That's smart. See, my drawer is right next to the bed, so I can just go, you know. Uh, I don't want to tell. Well, yeah. So there's a there's a butt plug in the uh, window of my neighbors, and it's a it's a it's. A, Listen, for weeks I've, I've been looking at this thing and, and I've been thinking to myself, is that a butt plug or is it a, is it a candle? Is it a vase? Is it a, I don't know, molded dil, dildo? It's a black, it's a black dildo butt plug. Okay, so the, the gentleman who lives there, he just leaves it on the windowsill. And, you know, I mean, I have... My window looks directly at his window. And so it's hard not to focus on it every day, all day, really. And when it's gone, I'm thinking, hmm, where's he at? Where is he at? Uh, I haven't said anything to anybody. Then I had a couple of neighbors come over and join me on the patio the other night for cigarettes. We're all smoking cigarettes, talking shit. And I say to them, you know, I've been wanting to ask you guys something about something in the complex and I just haven't I just didn't know how to breach the subject I just didn't know how to start it up you know there's something here and I I look at it constantly and I don't know what to make of it and my girl (laughs) it was a girl and a guy that were with me and the girl goes you mean the the black butt plug in the window (laughs) I was like yes yes thank you thank you for addressing it because why do you think it's look I have a bunch of shit on my windowsill and I and I was thinking should I put my dildo in the windowsill and just be like hey solidarity yeah solidarity you know what I'm saying uh oh the kids are back the kids are I think they're at lunch it's a good thing my mom doesn't live here my mom hates kids as I said earlier she'd be like oh god I'll have to move apartments immediately just listening to these fucking kids outside. It's driving me fucking crazy. Like, that's how she talked. That's how my mom talked. You know, she called the vagina the cunt. <laughs> she was not from London either, which is, it's, uh, it can be disturbing as a child, you know. Jesse, let me see your cunt. Uh, ah, no, I'd rather not. How about that? So the kids are out there. Now, it would be a different scene if the kids were all black kids or all native kids or all Hispanic kids because my, 
Someone's crying. Because my mom, because they know I'm talking shit, because my mom hated white children. I know. And she told me all the time, you guys, she told me all the fucking, she, we were at coffee one day, a white baby was crying behind us at the, uh, at the table behind us. This white baby was crying. And uh, my mom leans into me and she goes, oh God, somebody shut that fucking kid up. And I was like, mom, I mean, first of all, you're a mom. I don't know. It's a baby. Secondly, you're kind of a hippie lady. Where's the love, you know? And my mom looks me right in the eyes and she goes, Jesse, you know I prefer children of color. Okay, well, maybe we should get the check. Maybe it's time to go, ma. But thanks for the, thanks for the reminder that I am not enough. <laughs> Always good to hear it from a motherly person. When, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. It always, like, do you find that you attract friends that remind you of where you come from? I mean, it's inevitable, right? It's it's inevitable. Like, I dated, I've dated guys that play guitar. Hello, honey. Hello, Abbo. I've, I've dated guys that play guitar like my dad. Guys that play guitar who have, like, a, a, a rucksack. And they go on tour and they and they just take their guitar and the rucksack. Um, but I know I'm breaking some patterns from where I come from because my guitar players usually have a have a car, some way of making a little bit of money. I know. You know what? My dad didn't have a car for a very, very long time until he met his wife, his future wife. Uh, how did we used to get around, you ask? Well, he rode a 10-speed bicycle, and I rode my roller skates, and I'd hold on to the back of his bicycle, and we'd through Hollywood. That's what I did. How'd he make money, you ask? Well, once in a while, he'd paint a painting for someone or a mural in somebody's kitchen, but usually it was about us being on the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and Sweetser Avenue with him on the guitar and me with a hat walking around. Who can deny a four-year-old little blonde chick with a hat? And probably no underpants. That's how I was raised. A little peek into my childhood. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know, when you have a mom whose everything is like, oh God, oh fuck, oh, that's fucking stupid. You know, then you kind of act like you kind of, either you go opposite and you're like, oh my God, my mom was so negative. I'm going to be totally positive about everything. Or you're so badly abused and traumatized as a child, you glom onto the negative as well. Oh God. <laughs> The negative is so much easier, you guys. It's so much easier to not take a shower, to not give yourself good food, to not give yourself enough water. But fuck all that. We're breaking cycles, kids. We're breaking cycles from where we come. I know plenty of people that I came up with who have children, and they actually like their kids. They they pay attention to their kids. They give their kids uh, love and, and good food and underpants. Oh, my God break in them cycles. Bam. Now, from my upbringing, I must say it does help in the world of acting. And today, as I, I 
peer at my little notes. Today I have a self-tape. That's what we got to do now as performers. You got to self-tape your ass onto the to the cameras. You got to do a little video for them and do a self-tape audition. Now this one is a big one, kids. It's a big old, well, it's a big old small film, but it's a big role in a small film. I don't care. There are no small, you know, anyway, I just want to have a fun audition, put myself on tape, do that shit. Now, I was cast as a, well, the audition is for, my character is a mother who is overbearing, controlling, negative, wants to fight everyone, and also has, <laughs> wait for it, a daughter who she's mean to. Oh my God, how does one go about preparing, you ask? How does one prepare as an actress? Well... I, I think of people that I know that have those uh, personalities. And I say, I'm going to act like them. Those mad-ass bitches. And, you know, we all have a little of that inside of ourselves anyhow. So I'm going to pull some of that out of myself. But I'm going to attach most of it to some other broads that I know. And go, go, go. And a big shout-out to my girl Bits, who's going to help me with the self-tape. And my man James, who's going to be running that camera. Yeah! Yeah, I got a team. It's my team, you guys. I have a team. I have, like, people. Um, Cardi. Uh, what else? <laughs> Breast implants and a butt plug. Oh, fuck you. We won't do what you tell us. Do you know that I was listening to... Do you know? Of course you know. You've been listening to me talking to you. I have listening to Rage Against the Machine before I started with you here. And I also was listening to, like... <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Let me just tell you something, though. We all made fun of Limp Biscuit. We all did. We all did. I don't care who you are. You made fun of Limp Biscuit. You get the nookie. You get the cookie and the fucking bookie. Right? We, we did. But I have to tell you something. I got to go to see Limp Biscuit open for Cypress Hill at a place called Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. And it's not that big of a, of a place. And... Uh, <laughs> Just let me just say, Limp Biscuit put on a fantastical show. I mean, it was like punk rock, fucking hip hop, fucking rah! And they had a chain link fence that was installed in front of their in front of the stage, so that Fred, you know, little fat Freddy, he could like he could climb on the on the chain link fence and be the nookie and the cookie, rah! You know, and there was a mosh pit down below, and we were like, damn. Now, me and my boyfriend at the time, we were a little old. We skewed a little older than the, than the kids who were there to see the biscuit. And um, <laughs> especially he did. But uh, we're there to see Cypress Hill. You know, we're like the old school Cypress Hill people. So we had brought a bunch of weed and we're rolling joints and stuff. And like no one else was smoking weed. And we were like the mom and dads that were like, hey, you guys want a hit of this? Hey, everybody, hang on. After this limp biscuit, everybody climbing all these fences. Let's let's take a little hit and get ready for for insane in the membrane. You know, and so we were passing around weed and like no one else had weed. And the kids are climbing the fucking the chain link and they're jumping into the mosh. Like the kids on our side and the so jumping the chain link fence, jumping into the mosh pit. Freddie, you know Fred Durst, he's jumping, he's climbing his side. Just a great time. Fucking great time. Exactly. Horny Toad knows. Uh, Limp Bizkit and Corn at the Wiltern awesome show. Corn. Oof. Yeah. Hell yeah. It, that's kind of 
makes sense because everyone's like but with us it was like and then like you know fucking some giant inflated bong came out with like a like a funny weed leaf guy character that was like and just dancing all weird but it was fun and uh it was and i have to say you know I I actually have a place in my heart for Limp Bizkit now because of that show. Sometimes you see shit live and you're like, wow, okay. The produced thing didn't get me on the radio, but this thing gets me. Just like in, um, well, I always loved Rage Against the Machine. I always loved them because, you know, rebellious and kind of punk rock, hip hop, mosh, mix, rah, and the, uh, fuck you, we won't do what you tell us. You know, very intense uh, messaging and concerts and uh, my friends had invited me to meet them after work one night They because uh, I got off at like 7 and the show was at 8 and it was at Roseland Ballroom in New York City and it was uh, Rage Against the Machine and I met them and they were already in line and there was a long line all the way around the block and they had gotten food from this one of my favorite places that I think is gone now in New York I don't know if you're in New York would you tell me Zen Palette Oh, fuck. Fake meat? Yeah. Like a real meat? Ah! Okay. So Zen Palette had this dish. It was my favorite dish. It was broccoli and sesame medallions. And it tasted like meat, like barbecued meat and broccoli, like barbecue beef uh, Chinese food. But it was sesame medallions. Okay. My friends had all these magic mushrooms, and they put all the mushrooms into the sesame medallions while we were in line. And then when I got there, we just started eating the mushrooms and the sesame medallions. And I don't know how many I ate. A lot. So we get into the show, and I mean, okay. On mushrooms at Rage Against the Machine is very heavy because, as I said, they're so their messaging is very intense, right? Their stage was set up and it was like a, a big flag that was hanging down, and on one corner it had a guy saluting, and it was like, "Who can salute the longest?" And then another guy was in a prayer position and said, "Who can pray the hardest?" And it was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I really, I already hated America. You know, I was raised not doing the Pledge of Allegiance and getting in trouble every day at the principal's office down there and being like, you know, there is no liberty and justice for all, man. And so I already am on Rage Against the Machine's whole stilo. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But now I'm on mushrooms. And now I'm seeing all this and I'm thinking, oh my God, we really are doomed here in America. We are so doomed. Oh, fuck. But those, some of those that run forces are the same that burn crosses. And I'm like, he's right, you know, he's right. And so it was a very intense show for me. And then when we were leaving, the end of the show, we're leaving the Roseland Ballroom and we're walking out onto uh, 40 whatever street it is, 47th Street or something, when 52nd, walking out of the venue and all these people are giving away laminates with Rage's newest album on it and the date of the release of the album. And I clearly remember a guy trying to give me a laminate. I mean, everyone was taking them, walking out, take a laminate, take a laminate. And they put them on and it was like, oh, backstage, ha ha. But it's the record and it's the release date. And this guy goes to hand me one and I looked at him and I go, fuck you, we won't do what you tell us. And then all these people around me were like, yeah, hey, hey, don't know marketing at this fucking show. You just told us that, that this was all evil. 
And, and that's why mushrooms should be legalized. But the government doesn't want to be legalized because then we, re, we put everything, everything goes, we go, oh, shit. And it all makes fucking scary ass sense. And that's why the peyote is so important to keep on the reservations and to keep in the, the holy, holy peyote, uh, ayahuasca. Oh, my goodness. All these plants that are giving us the real uh huh. We gotta keep them. We gotta keep them. We gotta learn how to use them uh, for 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 you know people that are in therapy. We gotta help people. You know how much it helps. It helps insanely. Come on. That's why they don't want us to have it. And you know what? Mushrooms, uh, poppy seeds. You know the hair on. Um, all these things. They don't want you. They don't make you want to consume anything. And that's why the, the govs of this capitalist fucking evil joint we live at, they don't want us to learn because they, then we know, then we know, then we know what's most important in this world. Human connection, not dying with the most toys, you fucking dumbass. What's most important to keep us healthy? Human connection, love, compassion, empathy helping one another that's right oh shit okay before i go there was a news story speaking of love and helping and compassion and being good human beings to one another to thrive check this out in tonga there was 15 teenagers that uh stole boat okay they were they were going to or they were like la, la, seniors in high school or something and they took a boat and they thought it would be fun to like go and you know take the boat out for a little bit and then uh they got they got stranded on an island just like lord of the flies just like lord of the flies it was just a 15 uh teenage boys stranded on an island 15 months they were there 15 months there were there were funerals for these guys the people the parents thought they were gone they thought they were dead why did they last 15 months and thrive well their story is unlike lord of the flies which is not true that's not a true story this is a true story tonga these guys they said how did they survive because they respected one another they had love compassion empathy they helped each other they thrived that's real that's real so i'm saying during this whole right now this age of aquarius that's coming up now and we're all like what's gonna happen there's one of two people right now after with this pandemic thing there's one of two people you are either very 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 patient and loving and you understand that everyone's going through so much shit right now and nobody knows what's going to happen next. And it's so important to stay present. And you love. And you put out love. And then there's the other person. And they're so afraid because they don't know what's going to happen next. That they're angry and they're, and, they're, and they're upset. And they take it out on whoever's around. And I've been witness to this. And sure, we, we all go through both sides of that. But I say lean towards the side that's the, like the Tonga teenagers. And the boat captain who picked them up, 
who came close enough to the island for them to see him, and uh, they jumped into the water and swam to him, he is still best friends with one of the guys. And why? They asked why. Why are you still best friends with this guy? And they said, because we believe in the same stuff. We believe in love, compassion, empathy, helping, and being kind to each other. That shit is fucking beautiful. I cried. I cried. All right? And I'll leave you lastly with this. I was watching, there's a lot of television in my life this week. I was watching the Hemingway documentary, the Ken Burns Hemingway documentary on PBS. And if any of you out there are, are artists or writers or interested in writing or interested in art, fucking watch this goddamn documentary. I was crying when he talked about uh, uh, Hemingway went and moved, uh, when he got married to his first wife, they moved to Paris. And he was very, very excited about Cezanne, the work of Cezanne, the painter. And, and why, why was he so excited about Cezanne? Because if you know Cezanne's work, he painted the same subjects over and over. He painted them over and over again, but always with a different eye. And I was so inspired by that because this is like that. This is the same subject. I'm working, I'm working just with me. Same subject every week. And yet every week, some different color comes out, some different um, texture, a different feeling. And it's such a validation of being in the moment and not being afraid of feeling like it's another day. What are we going to see? What's the beauty? We're going to see some beauty or we're going to see some shit. Let's see some beauty. Fuck it. Even if I hate on those Planned Parenthood people, even if I go over there on Friday and I challenge them, that makes me happy. So do what makes you happy. That's always, the, that's always, always the message of this show. I mean, sure, I want to make you laugh. Sure, I want to tell you good stories. Sure, I want to keep you entertained for a little bit. But really... I just want you to remember that we all deserve love and that everyone is going through it and that we all deserve to be okay, to feel okay. Okay? Okay. I'm going to give you my best Sarah, Sarah Silverman right now. Have you, have you seen that show that she does where it's very like the microphone in her face? <laughs> See, a little bit of hate at the end. Always a good time. Uh, hey, everybody, that's the end of the show. I'm so, so, so grateful that you joined me today. I am so psyched that you are here with me. And uh, even if it's not the day of, thanks for watching. Thanks for catching up with me. Please, if you can, share this show. Will you tag me at Get Wood and share this with your friends? That would be awesome. You could subscribe. I'd love it if you did a uh, maybe a Venmo if you're feeling generous at Jess-Wood-10. Um, I still have merchandise left. I still have a few easily distracted t-shirts, tank tops, and boy shorts. So do yourself a favor <laughs> and just be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. 
uh, I think Jerry Springer says that also, and that kind of makes me psyched. So uh, I love you so much. Please, please, please know that is real. My feet are on the floor grounded. I'm feeling my toes, and I'm hoping everybody out there is having a lovely deep breath and a wonderful day or evening or afternoon, whatever you're having. Just take care of yourself, take care of each other, and don't suck a dick you don't like. Remember? (laughs) I love you so much. I'll see you uh, soon, okay? Love you, bye. (laughs) Yes, I love you.